Hello and welcome. My name is Lily Songswift and I am here to tell you a story. Today I want to tell you about a story that has left me absolutely captivated. I first read about this story on one of the news boards near the ports and city center and I have been religiously following any updates that I can get my hands on ever since. However, this is a story where there seems to be a lot of cover-ups and maybe some people in high places who are actively working to prevent the truth in the story from coming out. So I am honestly not entirely sure what I think is going on in this case. I am super interested to see what you all think about this. So let's get started. This story begins in the early morning hours of the third day of the 11th week of spring on the beaches of Sunstone Island. For those of you who don't know, Sunstone Island is located down off the southern tip of the western continent off the seaward cliffs of Coppermine Island. Sunstone Island is one of the two twin islands, the other being Isle Loon, which are pretty famous for their unusual weather patterns. Sunstone has a small temple to Arafer, the sun god, and Isle Loon has a temple to the goddess of the moon, Selun. And it is said that having these opposing deities, both of which wield the powers of two celestial bodies, which have a strong impact on ocean currents and weather, has resulted in the island's famous weather patterns. Storms batter the islands year-round, and there are near-constant whirlpools between the two islands. It's so bad that even though it is definitely the quickest route if you're going to Coppermine Island from the western continent, even the most experienced sailors completely avoid sailing between these islands. So for the most part, Sunstone Island is uninhabited. The only people who live there full-time are the clerics of Arafur and their families, who maintained the temple there. And on the morning in question, some of the cleric's children were playing down on the beach when they stumbled across what they thought at first was just a discarded bundle of clothes. However, upon closer inspection, it became clear that this bundle was actually a body. The children rushed back to the temple to tell their parents about what they'd found, and the clerics quickly confirmed that yes, a dead man had washed up on their shore. Now, the clerics lacked a local teleportation ring as well as any formal guards of their own, so they sent one of their clerics over to Coppermine Island to get help. The cleric traveled out on a small merchant's vessel, which was at the island unloading their monthly supplies. This ship was part of the fleet belonging to the Golden Sea Trading Company. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Golden Sea Trading Company, or just the company, oversees the vast majority of the merchant vessels traveling the Golden Sea. Basically, almost all water-based trade is run through the company. So on the journey to Coppermine, the cleric told one of the sailors about the body, and according to the cleric, that sailor immediately went to talk to the ship's captain about it. Then once they reached Coppermine, one of the port boys rode into Copperhead, the main town on the island, and summoned some of the town guard who rode back to the port. They intended to travel back on the company ship, but after dropping off the cleric, the captain of the ship explained that they needed to keep moving to keep their timetables and quickly left the port. There was only one other ship in the port, another company ship, which was scheduled to remain docked until the next morning, but it ended up leaving with the first ship. So now the guards have no way of getting over to Sunstone Island. One of the guards rode out to a nearby research post where some wizards were studying local weather patterns. The wizards agreed to help and sent over their personal ship, which finally took the guards back to Sunstone Island. 
However, when they arrived, they found that they weren't the only ones who had come to inspect the body. At the beach, they discovered that a massive ship had anchored off the shore, and a small boat had carried over the ship's captain and some of the crew, who were currently attempting to collect the body of the dead man. The only reason they hadn't left with him already was because the clerics, who felt it would be disrespectful to move the body from its resting place before the sun had set, since the body is at the Temple of the Sun God, um, those clerics had kept the sailors away from the body. When the guards arrived, the captain introduced himself as Bar Evanwood from the Golden Sea Trading Company, and he explained that the body belonged to one of their sailors, whose ship had been lost in a storm, and they were trying to collect the fallen to return to their families. At first, the guards were understanding, but they knew that the Copperhead Townmaster was trying to build a stronger relationship with the people of Sunstone Island, so they asked the captain to respect the wishes of the clerics and to not move the body until nightfall, which is what the clerics were trying to ask of them. The captain became belligerent at this, demanding that the body be returned, um, which raised the guards' suspicions. They started questioning the captain, wanting to know more about what had happened regarding the storm. The captain gave vague details about the ship being caught in a storm between the islands, saying the ship was capsized by the whirlpools. And when the guards pointed out that there was no ship debris on the beach to indicate that a storm had happened, the captain became defensive and aggressive. When one of the guards threatened to arrest the captain for his behavior, his sailors hurried to calm him and the captain decided to return to his ship and the guards let him, which is kind of crazy to me. You know, he was acting strange. They noticed he was a little bit kind of weird here, uh, but they let him leave and he went back to his ship and they sailed off. Once the captain was gone, the clerics allowed the guards to examine the body, but again, asked that it not be moved. Upon examination, the guards discovered that the man was dressed like a typical merchant and was carrying on him a small coin purse, a map of Coppermine Island with the southern port circled, an envelope stamped with the wax seal of Guildhart, a large trading city on the other continent, and a compass engraved with his name, Hawthorne Brown. Hawthorne was a half-elf man, mid-40s, so still young, and the guards immediately noted that his body was in terrible condition. Often when people are killed in shipwrecks, there's a lot of bruising, uh, maybe cuts from being thrown around by the waves and the sinking boat, but the guards felt that Hawthorne looked more like he'd been through a vicious fight, that he'd been beaten. His face was swollen and bruised, his hands were cut up with what looked like defensive wounds, and his shirt was covered in blood. Upon closer inspection, they discovered that Hawthorne had been stabbed in the stomach multiple times. So clearly this looks like more than just someone who was tossed overboard or whose ship was sunk in a storm. The guards kind of make like a mental note of all of this, but the cleric still wouldn't let them move the body to take back with them. And this is such a shame because if they had allowed the guards to take Hawthorne off the beach, then this story most likely would have had a completely different ending. Um, and let me just clarify, I don't think that the clerics did this on purpose or that they were up to anything nefarious. I really do believe that they felt the body had arrived during the day under the watchful eye of Arafer, and so it was only right to wait until nightfall to move him. But asking the guards to wait had terrible consequences. Since it was late afternoon and it was going to be a few hours before the sun finished setting, the guards decided to wait inside the temple for nightfall. You would think they would have posted one guard to keep an eye on the body, but I guess they figured, hey, he's dead. Where is he going to go? 
But then once the sun had set, they returned to the beach to find that the body was gone, nowhere to be found. They checked the tide pools and searched up and down the beach, but Hawthorne's body had vanished. The guards spent the next few hours questioning everyone on the island. Uh, Sunstone is pretty tiny and only has 43 full-time residents, so this didn't take long at all. But they turned up nothing. Eventually, empty-handed except for the items from Hawthorne's pockets, they made the decision to head back to Coppermine. The next morning, the guards filed their reports at the town guard office, and people there started looking to see if they could find any record of Hawthorne Brown. As part of their search, they reached out to the local company office to request any records about Hawthorne, and were told the clerks would let them know if they found anything. Meanwhile, they also checked the name against the most current citizenry list for the town, and they found that there was actually a Hawthorne Brown who lived in Copperhead. His address was listed as a little apartment above an apothecary shop, so the guards went there to see if they could find more information. Okay, so before I go any further, I want to give you a little more information about Hawthorne Brown. So like I said, Hawthorne Brown was a young half-elf man, and he was originally born in Glens Hollow, a little forest village north of Merchant's Bay, which is on the western continent. He grew up in a large family. He had four brothers and two sisters, of which he was the second oldest. His parents were both local artisans who did work designing and crafting the elaborate forest homes common in that region. It was always thought that Hawthorne would do the same, you know, follow in his parents' footsteps and learn the same craft. But Hawthorne was the adventurous type, and even from a young age, his parents suspected that they would have a hard time keeping their son in Glens Hollow. Once he turned 17, Hawthorne proved his parents correct when he left home to find his fortunes in Merchant's Bay. As much as his family knew he wanted to travel, they were still surprised when Hawthorne wrote to them soon after reaching the city to let them know that he'd taken a job working on a merchant ship. No one in his family had even been on a boat, let alone traveled, you know, all over the world. But they knew they needed to let Hawthorne make his own decisions, so they congratulated him on his success and wished him luck in his new journey. Hawthorne began as a deckhand for a merchant ship called the Eleanor, where he quickly proved himself to be a first-rate sailor. He was quick thinking in dangerous situations, fearless when climbing among the ship's rigging, and just really seemed to have a natural talent for the work. Before long, he'd worked his way through the ranks and become captain of his own ship, the Splendid Dawn. For a short time, he operated as an independent merchant before joining the Golden Sea Trading Company's fleet. During this time, he also met a young elven woman named Sanala Starstriker, who he would eventually marry. For a year, they sailed together on the Splendid Dawn until one day, Sanala announced that she was pregnant with their first child. Realizing that a life on the open seas maybe wasn't the best fit for his newborn baby, Hawthorne and Sanala decided to find somewhere on land where they could raise their new baby until it was old enough to safely sail with them. They'd chosen a small place on Coppermine Island since it was pretty centrally located to a few of the company's major shipping lanes, and it was at this home where Sanala was greeted one morning by town guards who had arrived to inform her that her husband had been found dead on Sunstone Island, the victim of an apparent shipwreck. Sanala was devastated. She'd just moved into this new town, like they hadn't even been there six months, and she'd only recently given birth to their new daughter, and now suddenly she's being told that her husband is dead. Understandably, she asked to be taken to her husband's body, which is when she receives her second terrible shock of the day, when the guards admit that they've lost the body. Sanala is furious. 
Reports say that she actually demanded that the guards take her to see the head of the town guard, but the guards managed to calm her down and convince her that she would be of most help by staying home and working with the guards to figure out what had happened to Hawthorne. In talking with Sonala, the guards were able to confirm that Hawthorne was indeed working for the Golden Sea Trading Company and confirm the name of his vessel. With this information, they went back to the company office to see if they could hurry along their request for information. However, when they arrived, they were actually told by the clerks that there was no record of Hawthorne Brown or his ship, the Splendid Dawn. The guards pushed back on this claim, but the clerks held firm and even eventually asked the guards to leave. When Sonala found this out, she petitioned the townmaster to force the company to release Hawthorne's records. Eventually, the townmaster complied and required the company to turn over any records of Hawthorne or of his ship, and the company agreed to do so the next morning. However, that night, the company office was robbed and a number of records were stolen. And would you guess whose records were among those that were taken? The next morning, the company clerks claimed that the records had been left out on a desk in preparation for being given over. And so Hawthorne Brown's records were part of the records taken by the thief. An investigation into the theft was conducted, but nothing ever came from it. And the thief and the missing records were never seen again. And that's where the story kind of ends. Without those records or Hawthorne's body, the Copperhead Town Guard couldn't further their investigation, and eventually Hawthorne was officially declared lost at sea. For some time, Sonala continued to petition the townmaster's office to continue the investigation and to look into her husband's disappearance, but she was never really able to create any new momentum. According to some sources, she actually started receiving threats from the Golden Sea Trading Company. She claims that the captain who showed up on Sunstone, Captain Everwood, actually showed up at her home and threatened to kill her and her daughter if she didn't stop looking into her husband's death. It got so bad that Sonala eventually moved away from Copperhead, although I believe she is to this day still searching for answers about what actually happened to Hawthorne. So now that you know the story, let's take a look at some of the theories that people have about what really happened. Of course, there's the belief that Hawthorne did actually drown in a storm. Like I said before, the area is well known for its dangerous weather patterns and ships have been sunk in that area before. Also, Hawthorne's body was left unattended for hours. It's very possible that the tides coming in and going back out could have picked up his body and swept it back out to sea. And some people within the company have claimed that at the time of his death, Hawthorne wasn't actually working for them anymore. Supposedly, his contract with the company fleet had expired, and Hawthorne had chosen not to renew it. Of course, proof of this claim would have been in the company records, which went missing when the office was robbed. However, despite the claims of the Golden Seed Trading Company, it seems pretty much confirmed that Hawthorne was still working for them as a merchant captain. There's just too many port documents and ships manifests, plus tons of witness accounts to say that this isn't true. Like there's too much evidence pointing in the other direction. Not only that, but Hawthorne had been sailing for over 20 years by the time he died. So he was by no means an inexperienced sailor. According to people who knew him and even some who sailed with him, Hawthorne would never have tried to take his ship through the Twin Islands Pass. It was just too dangerous, and any sailor worth their salt would have known to avoid that area. Now, Captain Everwood told the town guard that not only did Hawthorne sail between the islands, but that Hawthorne's ship had been caught in a storm, which was what sank the vessel. But remember those wizards who were studying the weather in the area? 
they have confirmed that no storms took place around the islands that night or in the nights leading up to Hawthorne's death. So now we have the company lying about Hawthorne working for them, even though Captain Everwood claims that Hawthorne did, and they're lying about a storm sinking the ship, which is why a lot of people think that the company itself was actually responsible for sinking the Splendid Dawn. There's the obvious evidence for this. They lied about the storm. They tried to run off with the body. They tried to lie about employing Hawthorne. But there has been some speculation that Hawthorne was actually in the process of investigating shady business within the company. Sonala has claimed that Hawthorne sent her cryptic letters during his last voyage, which suggested that once he returned to the island, he was going to have enough information to, quote, bring the company to its knees. According to Sonala, something had happened about a year and a half before his death that had changed how Hawthorne viewed the company. He'd become less trusting of the other captains, he stopped bringing Sonala with him to company dinners and meetings, and it even seems possible that their move to Copperhead had something to do with Hawthorne's investigation into the company. In her search for answers, Sonala actually hired an adventuring party to investigate both the robbery of the company office in Copperhead and to track down another company captain who Hawthorne was known to be close friends with. Sonala claims that the party actually found the thief who stole the records from the office. They said that the thief was just some low-level criminal who'd been paid an absurd amount of gold. They claimed it was something like a thousand gold to break into the office during the night and take the files for Hawthorne Brown. And when he was asked the name of the person who hired him, the thief named Captain Barr Everwood. He also described the person who hired him as a burly, aggressive human who matched Captain Everwood's appearance. This has led some people to say that Captain Everwood was the one who took Hawthorne off the beach, that he came back once the guards were gone and left with the body. After finding the thief, the adventuring party started tracking down Hawthorne's captain friend. They were sailing toward the Silver Lakes region, which is located on the eastern continent directly across the Golden Sea from Coppermine Island, when their ship was attacked. The vessel that attacked them was unmarked, no name or insignias, but based on descriptions, it sounds a lot like the ship Captain Everwood was seen sailing on the day Hawthorne's body was found. In the attack, one of the party members was tragically killed and not wanting to lose anyone else, the party ended their investigation. Now, there is another theory that says Hawthorne was the one behind his own disappearance. Some have pointed out that the body on Sunstone Island was only identified by the compass with Hawthorne's name engraved on it, but that because the body disappeared, its identity was never officially confirmed. They also point out that if the Splendid Dawn really did sink in a storm or an attack, there would have been debris that washed up on the islands, but no wreckage was ever found. Some think it was actually Hawthorne who took its own records from the company office and that the company knew he wanted to disappear and were helping him. Some people even think the clerics were in on it. Like they purposefully kept the guards away so the body could be collected before it could be properly identified. Sonala has kind of disappeared from the public eye as well, which some think is proof that she rejoined her husband and they're off sailing the world together. If I'm being honest, I think there's just not enough evidence to rule out any of these possibilities. There are other theories. Some people think his ship was attacked by a sea monster. Some think he accidentally sailed through a portal to another plane. But I think these three are, at least to me, the most likely based on what we know. Personally, I think that it being a true accident is just a little too convenient based on what we know. And, and I think that Hawthorne faking his death is asking for a lot of random circumstances to line up. I can understand why people like the theory. It's nice to imagine that the Brown family is off together and happy, 
but I just think it doesn't account for all the weird behavior from the Golden Sea Trading Company. But those are just my thoughts. I'm definitely curious to see what you all think. At the end of the day, this is just such a strange and terrible story. While Hawthorne kind of gets the spotlight here, his ship had a full crew, all of whom also went missing with the Splendid Dawn, and none of those sailors' families have had any closure for this case. To this day, the Golden Sea Trading Company claims that they have no records of Hawthorne Brown and that his ship was lost in a storm. But I'm curious to know what you think. If you would like to share your thoughts on this story or if you want to see the other podcasts in my series, you should follow me on Instagram at True Crime and Dragons. Keep adventuring, and I will see you next time.